I am so delighted that we have Melinda Dwight with us this morning. She is the National Director of the Alpha Course, which is a course that we run here. So many of our new people, new Christians, established Christians have either run or attended one of these courses. And I tell you, a person that attends an Alpha Course, at the end of it, raves about the Alpha Course and said it's helped them so much in their walk with God. So Melinda helps oversees that Alpha for Australia coordinating it, promoting it. They've just recently seen over 750,000 participants complete Alpha, which is amazing, with a goal to see uh, over a million participants uh, complete Alpha by 2025. So um, her husband, John, has actually come and spoken to our business leaders a number of times. Uh, They are just a delightful couple. They're a blessing to the church as a whole. So church, let's stand to our feet and welcome Melinda as she shares the Word of God this morning. Thank you. Thank you. Hey guys, how great to be here. I tell you what, if God loves you, he lets you live on the Sunshine Coast. Is that true? Yeah, my husband and I, don't sit down yet. My husband and I just bought a place in Noosa last year because we are never getting locked down in Melbourne again. So we get to be up here about once a month because I was born in Queensland. We honeymooned in Noosa 38 years ago. And, you know, we just love this part of the world. And what we love is striving churches, don't we? Yesterday I was had an Uber driver and they were, you know, chatting about whatever they were chatting about. And they said, what are you up here for? I said, oh, I've got this hugely special event on at C3. I was explaining Kiwana Waters. And I said, you should come along. So if you're here today, I'd love to see you. Come and chat afterwards. I asked him if he'd come and help me because I didn't know anyone in the church. And so it'd be great to have a friendly face and also just give me a bit of feedback on my talk. So if you're here, come and see me afterwards. What a wonderful thing to be in church today. You know, I was thinking about you and what a great job you're leading worship. And I felt the Lord say, it might have been the Lord, it might have been just me, talking about how that when you change chords, that it's going to be as you take the congregation up, God is going to lift people's head. An unusual sort of word. I don't know if you write music and if you need to put that into your music or if it's just as you're preparing words, that he is our glory and the lifter of our head. You know, this is a significant church, a very significant, felt the whisper of the spirit that say that. You know why it's a significant church? Because the measure of your influence is not contained in here or even online. It's the measure of the people that you have sent forth. And so I just want to say to you, well done. I don't know much about that, but I want to just, would you just pat the person's back next to you and say, well done. We are ascending church. We are a church of significance. Your pastors are making sure that you get to heaven well. Because the only thing we can take to heaven is the lives of people that we have influenced. The minute that our heart stops speaking once, everything we own belongs to someone else. So we are just stewards of resources. But the only thing we can take to heaven is the people that we've influenced. And so what a wonderful thing to be able to influence people. I felt as I was in church today that, that this is an innovation hub. And I don't know if you guys get together at all, but I felt like the Lord was saying it's an incubator of creativity in business, in invention, and that God is raising up in this place people who are going to Uh, uniquely create or innovate in different areas. I don't know if you ever heard of blue garages or things where people get together and it's like a, a hub where they inspire each other. That's what this church is, a hub where you're inspiring each other. And I just want to encourage people today that are feeling frustration. Frustration leads to innovation. 
And so embrace the holy discontent. Embrace the frustration. You know the things that you go, oh, why is it like that? Why isn't it different? It's not different yet because you haven't made it different. And so I just want to encourage you just to press into that and to find other people. I want to, I'm not a courageous person. I'm not a scary ride person. Anyone like those scary rides? Yep, yep, good on you. I am one of those people who doesn't. You know, I don't particularly like risk takings. And then I've travelled to many nations. I've been shot at. I was shot at in Nigeria. I've had a person come up with a machete. That was in, um, that was in the Congo-Rwanda border. I've spoken to kings. I've spoken to in prisons. I've done a lot of things that I never expected to do. I felt the whisper of the Holy Spirit 25 years ago. You need to get involved in prisons in Nigeria. Look at me. Do I look like I go to prisons in Nigeria? You know, but God made a way 17 times. You know, I'm a, I'm a person from my Elsa state in Nigeria. And so God makes a way where there is no way. I say that because I believe God today is wanting to bring a baptism of courage. And see, courage is not the absence of fear. It's believing that it's not who we are. It's who we belong to that matters. And you belong to the living God. You belong to the creator of the universe. You belong. You are adopted into God's family. And that's who's in you. You know, I I didn't realize it was the 21 days in prayer and fasting, but I just felt God say that he's stirring up intercession in this church. If you're an intercessor or you've been feeling the prompting, the stirring to intercession, we just raise your hand. We just want to say thank you. We want to say thank you. We want to say thank you. Nothing happens except through prayer. And I want to encourage you this. Pray bigger. You know, this is the God that invites us to ask for the nations as our inheritance. You know, I'm not against a parking space. You know, you can pray for that if you want to. But raise your vision. Raise your vision. I've met many times people in, um, particularly in the Benin City, was in a, in a college there, Bible college there, and there was a whole group of people that were Hausa. And we were talking about how these people from, you know, from a Muslim background came to faith. And let me tell you, time after time after time, every one of them said, maybe nine out of ten of them, sorry, said, I had a dream. I had a vision. I saw, I saw someone. I was, and, you know, they went on a journey to find Jesus. Do you know why they had visions and dreams? Because people were praying. We were praying for the 1040 window. We were praying that God would reveal himself. So I want to encourage you to keep praying, to keep believing, to keep stretching out. You know, we saw, we had, um, actually our, our live dashboard says we're at, eight, at 805,000 people that have done Alpha in Australia. So we've done our research that Australians are open. Can I tell you, this is the greatest season of evangelism we've ever seen. It's the greatest season. Pre-COVID, we were seeing, um, you know, maybe 30,000, 40,000 people a year, maybe 41,000, I think, was our highest number that we'd ever seen per year. During COVID and post-COVID, that's up over 80,000 people. Digitally, and so if you can do Alpha, I'm sure, online but it, and, and in person, people are exploring faith. You know the challenge? They're Google searching and they're looking for faith, but they don't necessarily have a personal connection. They're looking for someone to invite them. They're looking for someone to reach out and say, why don't you come along? And so we're going to pray for that in a moment. I felt an unusual word. Two, I'll go back. 
I, I just sensed there was someone here and you were looking at bringing an offering into this house. And I, I don't think it was a tithe. I think it was an offering. And I think it was for you a significant amount. Anything that's a sacrifice is a, is a significant amount. And what's been coming to you is, oh, memories. You were remembering times when you gave. And you were remembering things in the past. And I want to tell you that when we give to God, nothing is wasted. You haven't seen the end of the story yet. Just trust. Just trust. Don't let the enemy attack you in moving forward in the giving that God's placed on your heart. So I just want to encourage you today in that. This week as I was praying, or maybe Monday or Tuesday, I just also had a sense that there were people here that you're in a challenging situation. Um, And, you know... There's a couple of things you can do. You know, when I'm in challenging situations, I pray Jesus. I pray Jesus. I pray Jesus. But I felt today that we needed to bring a sacrifice of praise. And we are all going to do it because some of you need to have this breakthrough in your life. And you know what happens? There was a song years ago that says, this is how we overcome. By lifting up our hands, by lifting up our heads, by bringing a praise, not when we feel like and we're all excited, when we come and say, God, I thank you that you're on the throne. God, I praise you for who you are. God, I thank you that all my life you have been so, so faithful. God, I thank you that you're in charge. God, I thank you that my future is not determined by the government. My future is not determined by this bank person. My future is not determined by my employer. My future is not determined by my neighbours. My future is determined by you. So I want to encourage you. We're just going to verbally lift our hands and we are going to praise God. Speak out your praise to God today. Father, we just thank you. We worship you. We magnify you. God, we come and we bring you a sacrifice of praise. We come and declare your goodness. We thank you that you are the omnipotent God, that you are the great creator, that you are God over everything. We worship you. We magnify you. God, we just thank you that in all circumstances, you are Jehovah Jireh. You are Jehovah Jireh. You are Jehovah Jireh. You are the God. You are the King. You are the omnipotent God. You're the omniscient God. And you know what happens when we bring a sacrifice of praise? In a moment, we are going to shout and we're going to clap unto God because that is how the walls come down in our life, okay? On the count of three, I want the biggest shout and the biggest clap of victory that you've ever seen. Ready? One, two, three. Hallelujah. As we take our seats, why don't you tell someone, try that again at home this week. Try that again at home this week. Thank you very much, guys. It's great. What a wonderful thing to be in God's house. You know, as I travel around, you know, and I see you've got David McCracken coming for your conference. How great. He is such an accurate prophetic word. Don't speak to him about anything. If you speak to him about something, he won't prophesy about it. 
He's very, very, I was on his board for several years. He's a great guy. He's just, just wonderful. And, and so I believe in the prophetic. You know, gathering with prophetic people is, is a wonderful thing. And as I go around, people say, you know, I just want a word from God. I just want a prophecy. I just want to know what God wants me to do with my life. Well, I want to tell you today, I have a 100% accurate prophetic word for you today. And it goes like this, go into all the world and make disciples, and lo, I am with you even to the end of the world. That's Tasmania. (laughs) I am with you. Here's what my suggestion, my recommendation today is this. Let's make Jesus' last command our first priority. You see, sometimes my husband was involved in business and I was, in, I was uh, studying commerce and Lauren involved in business and I felt God call me to, to leave that and to go and work for, the, work for a youth group and work for the church for nothing, of course, like you do, and felt that call into working and serving God in, in the church world. And people would say to him, are you going to get out of business and go and work in the church? And he would say, why would I get out of God's plan for my life to work in the church? You see, we both work for Jesus just in different industries just in different areas. And so what we need to do is realize that you and I have the same mission. We might have different goals. We might have different people who pay our bills. We might have different people who decide what we do day by day, but we have the same mission. It's the imperative of evangelism. Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And truly, I am with you, even to the very end of the age. We have the same mission. We're called to make disciples wherever we are in an Uber, at work, in the classroom, at university, as we're walking along. My dad is uh, 89, and he, was, he goes walking. Does it, he used to run, and then he does a fast walk. Now he does a slower walk, but he goes an hour a day. And as he walks around, he prays. And he kept meeting this guy, meeting this guy, saying hello. In the end, he got to know this guy and found out that his grandfather was an evangelist back when my dad was ministering. And this gentleman has gone away from God, isn't, it wasn't following the Lord. And so he just started talking to him and saying hello and talking about the doves that he had flying over and all sorts of things. Anyway, one day he said to the guy, would you like to, um, would you like to come and have a cup of tea at my house and have a look? at your, your doves flying over because he's got a house that's on a hill. So the guy came and had a cup of tea and then a little while later he said to him, hey, I've got this new movie. Would you like to come and watch it? My dad has never watched a movie in his life. What I'd given him was a DVD of Alpha. So he has a DVD player. I know, it's interesting. So he put this DVD in. They had, you know, some sliders and a cup of tea and they watched Alpha, watched watched just one of the first Alphas together, Who is Jesus? And they started talking about it. And this gentleman went on a journey and now he's following Jesus and involved in praying and doing all sorts of things because someone was out walking and thought at 89, I'm not too old to be involved in making disciples. I don't know how, I don't know where, but there's the imperative of evangelism. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 5 says this, But you, keep your head in all situations, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, discharge all the duties of your ministry. 
I pastored a church for 15 years. I remember partway through that, I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, what are you called to do? And I'm like, okay. So I wrote down a list of all the activity, denominational responsibilities and pastors and we were church planting. And, you know, in a church, you get involved in a whole lot of stuff. And I thought, oh, but I don't want to get this wrong. You know, I, I want to make sure I, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, bringing the right answer back to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit doesn't talk to me that often. So when he does, I write it down, I think about it. And then I got concerned, doesn't the Holy Spirit know what I'm called to do? You know, and so I kind of went through all of this activity. And the only thing I could come up with, I am called to make disciples. And then I felt the whisper of the Holy Spirit, so do the work of an evangelist. I don't think I'm a natural evangelist. You know, I'm not one of those people that can, I don't know, go out and preach and do all sorts of things that are amazing. We need them. But we are all called to do the work of an evangelist. You know why? Because evangelism is work. It is work. It's prayer. It's inviting. It's bringing. It's praying, inviting, bringing. It's the most wonderful, frustrating, challenging, amazing thing you'll ever do. That's what Liam's doing with Alpha. You invite all these people along and you wait and you wait and you wait and some turn up and some don't. And you go, okay. And then, you know, the second week, some come back and some don't. And then you have a Holy Spirit gathering where you're going to pray for them to come to Jesus and get filled with the Holy Spirit. And you want everyone there. And the very person you want there doesn't always come. And it's like, oh. I had a girl that I know and, I, you know, because I were African, she, you know, I was her, her you know, protection here in Australia. And so this young man wanted to marry her. He was Muslim. They hadn't dated or anything, but he just, you know, really wanted. So he came to me as the mother to, to broker the thing. And I said, well, talk, talk to him. And then I said, so um, I think I'd like you to do Alpha because I'd like to see if you're serious about respecting her faith. So he did Alpha. We prayed. He did it in some business group somewhere. And, and at the end of it, he came to see me again. And I said, so what happened in Alpha? Did you come to faith? He said, no. Okay. He said, I know who Jesus is. I know that he's the son of God. You know, when, I, when someone prayed for me, I felt the power and presence of God in a way that I never had before. But he said, if I commit to Jesus, it will cost me everything. He meant his Muslim family. And I said, that's true. And he went away heartbroken because he wasn't allowed to marry this girl. Um, and I went away thinking, God, how could all these people come to faith on Alpha and not him? And it was like, there's still this thing called free will. Now, most people who come to Alpha uh, have a situation where they're exploring faith and they might come to several Alphas. In, in lots of situations like his, I'm sure, they know enough to know whose name to call. And there will come a time, because I meet them all the time, people who down the track say, you know what, I did Alpha, I didn't come to faith, but what happened was this. And then I just got on my knees and accepted Jesus. And so you've got this frustration of not everything happens when we want, how we want, but... We have to keep realizing that evangelism is an imperative. And then we have to think about being intentional about invitation. Do you know 49% of Australians say they never have a spiritual conversation? Is it going to be okay if I come down here? Thank you. They never have a spiritual conversation. Three out of, two out of four Australians say they would come to church if someone invited them. One in four would come definitely. One in four would consider it. Do you know their challenge? They're not getting invited. They have a lot of challenges about, this is a whole lot of research, a whole lot of challenges about the church, and we could probably name what they are. Here's the thing. Every one of those challenges is overcome when they know someone of faith. 
So they're able to say, oh, all of this stuff is happening in the church world, but I know Liam and he's a good guy. So the point of connection is the individual. It used to take five to seven connections for someone to come to faith, someone like Des and I in a previous era. But now it takes 12 to 14 connections because people don't necessarily have that connection. So I need some volunteers today. Josh, you got some volunteers for me coming out to help me? Help the poor Melbourne girl. She needs it. Look at this. Give these people a clap. This is a hard thing to do. Come out the front. You haven't met me. I think they know you're okay, but I'm a bit, you know, am I going to get them to run around the building? Am I going to get to them? What am I going to get them to do? Okay, so what's your name? Matt. Matt. So Matt needs Jesus. He really, really needs Jesus. He really is just desperate for Jesus. I don't know if he realizes it yet, but he really, really needs Jesus. What's your name? Linda. Linda? Linda. Linda, what a good name, but my name's part of yours. Melinda. And so Matt needs the living water of Jesus Christ, right? But to get it takes links in the chain of faith. It requires people to participate in invitations. So, Linda, would you pass this living water on? Wow, look at that. See, people in the chain doing their, maybe they're praying. Maybe they're doing an invitation. Maybe they're just encouraging someone. Hey, <laughs> excuse me, that's supposed to be passed on to Matt. Yeah, no, I'm, I really like it for myself. For yourself. It's not for you, though. It's to share. Well, I, I don't really want to give it away. I'm really enjoying it. Don't you have a source of water at home? Yeah, this is it. And do you have a source of water here? Do you have a source of water? Here. This is it. I really I, I want to hold on to it. Who thinks she should pass it on? Who thinks she needs encouragement to pass it on? Come on, on three. Pass it on, pass it on, pass it on, pass it on, pass it on. Okay, we could bring out the big guns. Put your hand out towards her and pray for her. God, help her to pass it on. Help her to be way less, well, way less selfish. Are you going to pass it on? Thank you. Yay. Woo. Passing it on, obediently, caring, loving, being part of it. Hey, and here's Matt. He's got living water. How good is it to have water? Amazing. Amazing. Thank you very much. You can keep it. <laughs> Although you better give it back to the girl who drank from it. <laughs> Let's thank these people, shall we? Every one of those people were part of the art of invitation. Every one of them were links in the chain. Here's what I want you to say to the person next to you. Don't be the missing link. Don't be the missing link. Don't be the missing link. You see, that chain breaks down when someone gets selfish, when someone decides that they matter more than others, when someone says, I just want the goodness and grace and blessing of God all for myself. She has fountains of living water. She has probably a fridge where water comes out of it. She has taps where water comes out of it. Her access to water is immense. But Matt has no one. He has no one. We have to be intentional about our invitation. Here's the thing. The invitation is the win. Luke says a sower went out to sow. He just kept on sowing seeds every day. Our responsibility is not the acceptance. It's the sowing. Our, when you invite someone to come to church, 
And they say, no, that's a win. Because you just move them around. Remember an old-fashioned clock face. You just move them around the clock face of faith. Google analog clock. And so it just... So what happens is we've just been a part of that link in the chain. So we celebrate. I invited someone to church. When we give someone a Bible, don't go to their place for dinner and take them chocolates. They don't need them. Take them a nice book, Purpose Driven Life, Case for Christ, you know, or take them, you know, Charlie Mackis's book on the fox and the mole. Take them something that helps that link in the chain. Remember one guy, we'd been to various events with him, and he goes, I've got six books I haven't read yet. And you give me another one. I said, yeah, one of them you'll read. One of them you'll read. I, re- I gave a book for a while called Just Mercy, which is about a, uh, a lawyer, black lawyer's civil rights fight against the death penalty and talks about his faith journey. And this guy, maybe two years later, rang me up and said, I read that book you gave me. Okay, like that's tricky for me. Which book? And he said, oh, just mercy and da-da-da. And, you know, it really intrigued me. And I didn't realize that people of faith actually put that. And we had this whole conversation. No seed you sow is ever wasted. Our responsibility is the sowing. God enables others to water and God gives the increase. We don't know much about Andrew, really very little about Andrew, except this. He brought his brother to Jesus. We have to be intentional about our invitation. You know, just saying to people all over the coast, hey, we've got Alpha, you should come along. Invite them along. We need to do it by the indwelling and the infilling of the Holy Spirit. The disciples had lived and walked with Jesus. They had answered every, they'd asked every question they wanted to. Three years walking with Jesus. And he looked at them and said, you know what? Until you embark on mission, wait for the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Wait for the infilling of the Holy Spirit. You see, the Holy Spirit is given to us in order to empower us for mission. None of us can accept Jesus without the Holy Spirit. You are here. Everyone here and online has heard the whisper of the Holy Spirit because that's why you're listening. There's something in you. There's a niggle in you. But Acts 10 says, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, his earthly name. Jesus of Nazareth meant that he was limited to exactly the same abilities that we have. But God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. What an incredible promise. But there's no full stop there. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. And Jesus went around. It's our responsibility to go. We're not going to pray here and God says, send them in. Because otherwise, you know, an angel might pick them up and bring them in here. That would be just super scary for them. It's our responsibility to go. Jesus went around to villages, to town, to pubs, to the wrong type of houses. He went around and always doing good. What was the good Jesus did? It was bringing hope and healing and life. It was miracles. It wasn't doing good in terms of, you know, setting up these aid organizations. I'm okay about the aid organization, but one of my friends yesterday was telling me with Uniting Care, he's a, he's a Uniting Church minister, doing an amazing job in church planting. And he said, you know, we have more people working for Uniting Care than we do have attending Uniting Churches. Let that never be said of C3. Let that never be said. We don't want to be so involved in helping people that we lose sight of the fact that it's in the name of Jesus. That it's helping people through the name of Jesus. Healing all who are under the power of the devil, for God was with him. 
God was with him. God was with him. I was at a cafe the other day and I was waiting for my coffee and someone was there and I'd been at a meeting the day before and I'd prayed for this person and um, there was a whole, there was some things that happened in her life. So the next day she saw me at the cafe and, and she goes, oh, it's Marie Mambu and we're having a chat. And she said, I've just texted my friend to come. So her friend came along and, um, and, and she introduced him and she said, hey, I used to be involved in all sorts of things, but this is my Reiki master. And I want to tell you that this woman is way more powerful than you. When she prayed for me last night, something happened. You should let her pray for you. And I reached out my hand to shake his hand and he ran away about as fast as I've ever seen. You see, we are not anointed to give people just a living water. We are anointed to bring deliverance and hope and freedom. And the miracle working power of God, it says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria and the uttermost parts of the world. You are here and we are gathering to get ready for our mission tomorrow. We are called to be witnesses. You might be the only person that they know. My husband and I years ago were, um, he's involved in business, which is lovely, and we, we were wanting to join some business organisations. And at the time, we had two options. One was an organisation, which I won't mention, but it was a, a business, international business organisation that you had to qualify to be in. And the other was a Christian business organisation. And we looked at them both and said, we like Christians, but we're planning to spend eternity with them. Let's go with the non-Christian one. So we joined this organisation to be salt and light. It's been tough. It's been tough. You know, many people said, wow, you are the only people of faith that we know. But we have had lots of opportunities to pray with people, to, um, to share our story with people, to be involved with them. Why? Because we are there to be witnesses. We are there to be witnesses. We don't want to get so cloistered in going to church and working in a Christian organization and working, you know, going to Christian schools and Christian leadership conferences and da 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 da. I think that everything we're involved in here on earth could possibly be better in heaven. Just a thought. So, therefore, we need to be witnesses. And we need to realize that as we're witnesses, those people needed to be included through being added to the church. You know, in Acts chapter 2, when the church was founded, it says, those who received the message were added to the church. If you're online today, the great news is that Jesus loves you. The equally good news is that he wants to adopt us into a family, that we get to be part of this community of believers, that we get to be a part of the community of faith. Can I just say, you may be the person that prays, that sees someone else come to faith. But you may also be the answer to someone else's prayer. I told you that I went to Nigeria through a, you know, through a whisper of the Holy Spirit to get involved in prisons. It's kind of a long story, but I ended up in Benin City, ended up meeting a Muslim um, chief of prisons who decided I was sent by God so I could go to every prison in Nigeria. Not my plan. My plan was to give some money and get out of there. But I ended up being in this maximum security prison, ended up crying with some death row people and, and you know, set up an organisation and we've seen hundreds and hundreds of prisoners come to know Jesus and be trained as pastors in the prisons, which is fantastic. You know, and um, the last time I was there, second last time I was there, I was getting on a plane. I said, God, it's lovely to meet prisoners, but why can't I meet kings? You know, wouldn't it be good to meet some kings? And so I got on the plane and I'm sitting down. I got up great. I was sitting next to my new best friend. We've been friends for a couple of minutes. And this guy walks on with a whole entourage. 
And I said, oh, is he, do you reckon he's a, you know, a church leader? Because church leaders over there always have an entourage. He said, oh, no, he's the king of the state where we're going. Is he? That's interesting. So he sits down not too far from me. So I reach up in my bag, get my Australian flag, you know, get my um, Australian CD, worship music, and um, look over and he catches my eye. And so that's a sign. So I walked over and said, hi, I'm Melinda. And, you know, I've come to Nigeria regularly and da-da-da. You know, and I just want to give this flag. You know, maybe you should come to Australia sometime. I go to the reject shop. They're not that expensive. Got this flag and here's a worship CD and and he said, Oh, that's great. And so he's kind of chatted and I sat down. I thought, wow, why didn't I pray to meet kings earlier? So, you know, we're getting off the plane, and if you've ever been to Lagos, it's challenging getting off the plane. Really challenging. It's you know, really testing on the fruit of the spirit. So I get to go off the plane and he said to me, Would you like to come off the plane with me? I said, sure. So he walks off the plane. I walk beside. He walks through and waves to the officials. I walk through and wave. And it's like, yay, easiest thing I've ever done. Um, anyway, kind of, I'll, I'll spin you to the last king. So I met a couple of kings. It was interesting thing. I went to this one particular Bielsa State. And on the way, we stopped at a house. I told no one this prayer. We stopped at a house and um, we met. They said, oh, you know, we've got, there's actually, this is the king's house. We're going to visit him. And he's got a visiting king friend there today. And, you know, so we're going to meet them. So I get out my Australian flags. I've only got one CD left. So I'm like, okay. So we walk in, meet these kings. You know, I present the flags. I present the worship CD. Look, I've only got one, but this is Africa. You know, no copyright. They go, yeah, no copy, right, no, no, no copyright. So, you know, they shared this. And I said, look, I'm coming to preach. Would you like to come? And so... Uh, in the meantime, I'd been to see, you know, my brother was building this, um, you know, my Nigerian brother building this particular place. And I said, why are we here? And he said, oh, there's this land next door and we would love to build a church planting school there. I'm like, okay. So we looked around this facility and, you know, this was his land and whole thing. We go and we're preaching and, you know, I'm in the middle of preaching and these kings come in and we've got to get chairs and thrones and stools. Oh, you know, the whole thing, very disruptive. So they come and they were lovely and preaching and I thought, okay, it's a two-king day. So at the end of the time, one of the kings said, you know, this is your first um, visit to Bielsa. This is, you're here to meet the village. You know, your you know, Nigerian brother's from here, so you're from here. And is there a gift we could give you, you know, on, the inaugural, on your inaugural visit? I said, yes. So my brother has some land here. And there's some land right next door. And wouldn't it be great if I had some land in Bielsa? And they just look at me and I look at them and I thought, why do I want land? You know, it was a bit weird. But anyway, you just trust the Holy Spirit. And um, so they went off and they came and presented me with that land right next to his. And we've now built a church planting school on there and we're training church planters. Um, And one of those kings has since gone to heaven. But the legacy that he left is still there. Why I'm saying this is pray bigger prayers. God, if you give me an opportunity today to speak about you, I'll take it. God, if you give me an opportunity to share with someone, I'm a part of the link of the chain in faith. It was probably a couple of years after that, this guy from the Congo came and sat in my, my office and said to me, would you come to the Congo? Everything in me said no. Does anybody, anyway, let's not ask. I had, that had not been a desire of mine. So I felt the Holy Spirit say, you should go. I always just watch those things. So I said, definite maybe. And I said, if I go, it would have to be in October because I'm on my way to Nigeria. He sends me a letter of invitation for, not, for, Octo- for October. And I thought, okay, that's a bit scary. 
you know, he's got this letter in his pocket and I suggest the stat, did he have, you know, an invitation for every month in his pocket? I don't know. So he gives that to me and I say, look, I'm under authority. My husband really loves me. And so if he says I can go to the Congo, I will come. If he says I can't, I won't. He said, okay. So I went home and I said to my husband, you know, this guy came to my office today, asked me to go to the Congo. And I said to him, I'm under authority. You're my husband. If you tell me not to go, I won't go. He said, oh. I said, it's no problems, John. Feel free to tell me not to go. I'm very happy with a no. And he said this, when we got married, I bought some pictures into our house. Oh, yes. Where are they? I said, oh, they were such great pictures. They're somewhere very safe. So I went and found them in the hall cupboard. (laughs) And we can probably put the picture up on here. And he said, there was one picture that's of the Congo River. And he said, when I was 13, I was living next door to my grandfather, a guy called C.L. Greenwood, who was involved in planting churches. And he said, this guy called Willie Burton was a missionary from England in the Congo. And he came to Australia and he said, would you send missionaries? And Seal Greenwood and their church team at that time prayed about it and said, no, our focus is Papua New Guinea. And so Willie Burton painted a picture and prayed a prayer. God, one day maybe Seal Greenwood or one of his descendants would come to the Congo. And John said, I was 13 when that happened. And he said, I saw this picture and it captured my heart. It had only ever made it to my cupboard. And he said... I think you should go. I said, but I'm not part of the bloodline. He said, ah, but you're adopted into the family. Do you know God adopts us into his family? So on a prayer from Willie Burton, three generations before, I went to the Congo. Been there many times. We've trained hundreds and hundreds of pastors in French. I met the president, prophesied over people. A whole lot of things have happened in the Congo because someone pray to prayer. You might be the answer to someone's prayer. That someone has been praying for someone to connect with Josh's friend. That a mother has been praying. That someone has been praying generations before. That someone, and you meet them as you're walking. And you meet them as you're in an Uber. And you connect with them. You Maybe you go to a nation as a result of them. I want to encourage you today. You might be the answer to someone's prayer. I told you we, we connected with that business group, and I've been in that group now for decades. About five years ago, I said, I've had enough. I've been praying for these people. I've been witnessing to them. I cannot see anyone coming to faith. In fact, one person, when she got divorced, said, you know, I just want to have a new change in my life, but I don't want to come to Jesus. You know, that was the first things out of her mouth. And I said, well, I'm out. That's all I've got. And I said, God, I'm just tired of this people. And as quick as anything, the Holy Spirit said, you may be the only person in the world praying for them. Okay, that's a responsibility. So I'm still praying for them. I want to encourage you today that our mission is to pray, it's to invite, and it's to bring. When someone says yes to come to Alpha, you know, about one in four will say yes. Three of them, you just go, no problems, we'll run it again. I'll let you know next time. But one in four will say yes. And you go, great, I'll come with you. In fact, pick them up. Bring them along. It's all right, Liam, we'll pay for the food, no problems. (laughs) It's about bringing them. It's about bringing them. I wonder if you just close your eyes for a moment because I want to talk to the people that Josh said I would, and that is this. The Bible says that Jesus 
stands at the door of our heart and knocks. There's only a handle on one side. That's because we have free will. And you are the only one that can invite Jesus into your life. You've heard the Holy Spirit whisper, and there's a niggle right now in your heart that's saying, you need Jesus, you need Jesus, you need Jesus. And I want to invite you. Is this your moment to open that door and invite Jesus into your life? He loved you so much that he came to earth, that he paid the price for our sin, that he died in our place to pay the price we could never pay. And then he rose from the dead to show that he has power over life and death. And so when we open the door, we're inviting the living son of God to come into our lives, to save us from who we are and to become Lord of our future. I'd love to pray that with you today. If you're ready to open that door and you'd like to pray, just put your hand up so I can see it and we will pray together. Thank you. I agree with you in faith today. How many other people saying, yeah, I want to I pray that prayer today? There's a battle going on in you. We've got time. If you're online, just put your name in the chat saying, please pray for me because we will. How many people saying, yes, can you pray for me today? There's a tussle. There's a... But you're the only one that can open that door. Let's pray this prayer together, shall we, with the people that have raised their hands. And you can pray the prayer, even if you haven't been able to raise your hand, pray it in your heart and with your mouth today. Dear God, thank you for loving me. Jesus, thank you for coming and showing me how to live. Thank you for dying for me that I might come into relationship with God. Please forgive my sin. Please come and live in me and help me to live life your way. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Do you do this? Should we congratulate those people today? I don't know what there was about me, but as a baby, I was left. My, I don't know who my father is. Um, my mother left a false name. I found out I have a biological brother up here in um, Maroochydore. But I was adopted into a family by a couple that loved me and chose me. And I have been a part of their family all of my life. And it's made it easy for me to realize how amazing God is, that he adopts me into his family. You see, you just made the choice to be adopted into God's family today. And that makes us family, brothers and sisters, community that you have never made. So can I encourage you, your prophetic word today is go and make disciples. Wow.